The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 10th chapter. Jesus uses an image familiar to the people of his day to make a point about spiritual leadership. Good shepherds bring people to life through Jesus, but those who avoid Jesus are dangerous to the flock. The 10th chapter of John. Jesus said, Very truly, I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by another way, is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will not follow a stranger, but they will run from him because they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used this figure of speech with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand, who is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming, leaves the sheep and runs away. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. The hired hand runs away because a hired hand does not care for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. This is the gospel of the Lord. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ be and remain with you all. Amen. Would you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. My dear friends in Christ, Oh, that would be fun. Those are the sort of words that get me into a lot of trouble. More than once, someone has suggested something, and I'll say, oh, that would be fun, or that would be nice, or wouldn't that be a good thing to do, and then think, no, I don't think that's really the thing for me to do. And I'm not talking about things too outrageous. I'm just talking about anything that involves any effort or skill or anything of the sort. And as I was considering Good Shepherd Sunday, I was thinking back to an incident where I said something of the sort, and yeah, it landed me in a bit of a challenging situation. I have never herded sheep, but I was a pastor in Texas, and they invited me to herd cattle. And I said, oh, wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> well, it actually, in the end, kind of was. Part of the thing was, 
even as though I entered in my 30s, I guess there's that thing of sibling rivalry a little bit, uh, because I have two sisters and a brother, and my sisters are very good with horses. I, I might add, am not. They had their lessons. They love everything about the horses, from the stables to the saddles to everything. And they, my sister Susan would often visit there in Texas, and there were a number of farmers and uh, families there that knew this, and whenever Susan would turn up, they'd say, bring your sister out, and we'll go riding. And I'd say, oh, that is fun. So uh, we would go out, and of course, Susan always made a good name for our family by riding very beautifully, and uh, that, I think, made the, emboldened our host and hostess that one day in their family as we were out in the farther reaches of their farm with all the mesquite and the woods beyond, they said, well, since we're out here, do you want to join with us in herding up some of the cattle? And we're going to get them over into a pen on the far side there of the farm. And Susan was game, of course, and I said, oh, wouldn't that be fun? So off we went. And I can still see them all riding along, looking like something out of an old Marlboro commercial, if you know what I mean, or uh, old Western and Susan was riding along very well, and I was riding along. Let's put it that way. I can still remember Mrs. Schneider at one point saying, Pastor, I could see daylight between you and the saddle at one point. I said, yeah, I suppose you could. I was just glad that I was still on the horse. And there are actually a few more stories I could tell out of that particular experience with cattle in Texas, but I'll kind of zero in on one moment of that time. I may use some other illustrations in another sermon. But as we got to that point, I thought, well, I was helped by one good thing. The horse knew more about this than I did. And things were going along pretty well. And I was kind of feeling, hey, I've got the hang of this. Not so bad. So we were going along. Of course, then I ran right into a bull. And then I changed my mind about how much I liked this. And then we got all the rest of the cattle together. And they were all in that pen. And I was so happy except there was one cow that was younger and more lithe than the rest, and she liked to keep jumping over one of the low spots in the fence. And so it got to be my job there for a while to go after her and try and herd her back in there. And again, I say the horse knew more about it than I did. And I was successful a few times. But one thing after another, she would get out again. And I started getting a little bit more of an understanding how they the cowboy's life was not always so easy. And I still think back on that moment and how probably about three different times this cow would get loose, and I think she was just having fun, really. Uh, And she was having a grand old time, and she just decided she wanted to be on her own out there in the rest of the field. And finally, I can hear uh, the wife of the farmer there, Mrs. Schneider, saying, well, we might as well just leave her out there. We don't have any more time to waste on that, and hopefully we'll get her in the morning. And evidently, all was well later. But as I think about this text and I think about that experience, I remember later on my sister and I talking, thinking, we sure hope that cow is okay out there. Because she would be out there all night. And I was thinking, I wonder what that cow was thinking. Not that cows have very deep thoughts I've learned through the years. They're not particularly reflective animals. But... I wonder if she had thought, this is a lot of fun. I like to be out on my own. I like jumping that fence. I like doing my own thing. I like the idea of being out in the wide open pastures and doing my own thing and eating where I want to eat and the grass that I want to eat. 
and leaving all those other people behind, all those other cattle behind. Until I wonder as the sun set and things got a little more chilly out there. It does actually get cold at night sometimes in Texas there. And you might hear a howl of a coyote. And there are all sorts of other little dangers from snakes to scorpions and all. I wonder if she began to think, you know, maybe this isn't everything it was cracked up to be. Well, you can probably guess my application of that. As I was preparing for our sermon today, I thought back on that situation there and my experience. And I've often thought about that cow, how frustrating she was. But I could also imagine that when it comes to the Lord, I have behaved pretty much like that cow more than once over the years. And I hope I'm not the only one that would be able to admit that here in this room today. Because how many times is it that we are directed in a certain way and we know which is the best way to go and the Lord makes clear his boundaries and his direction and then we decide, yeah, I'd like it better over there. Or I want to lead a merry chase and do my own thing and I think it looks better over there and what can be the harm in that? then after a while, have you ever had the experience as you've gone off on your own way and then realize, you know, maybe I didn't make the best choice. And suddenly it's, oh Lord, <laughs> it's me. I need some help. And I suppose a shepherd, a cowboy, a cowhand might be well in saying, well, you made your own bed, now you've got to lie in it effectively. You're out there on your own. And how nice it is to read a passage like this. And although there are a number of messages there, the uh, clear message is we have a good shepherd who will come after us. And he wants to make sure that we're not out there all alone. And that we can rely on him. And maybe over time, we'll even learn to do what he says. And maybe over time we'll even learn that his way is even better. That's, I think, what I glean most powerfully out of that. Because when you think about our Lord Jesus Christ describing these sheep in this particular case, God's creatures, great and small, they do need that direction. And I, uh, in fact, I was told once that uh, by a person that felt that sheep themselves are something of an argument against evolutionary development because there's no way that sheep could exist on their own in the wild. And I thought that's probably true. They need someone to take care of them. Otherwise, they're just going to be someone's lunch out in the wild. The fact there are any sheep at all have survived through the ages are because of good shepherds who have taken care of them and on down through the ages. And how powerful it is, Sister Deb and I were talking before the service, there's this book about a shepherd looks at the 23rd Psalm, perhaps you've read that. It's a wonderful book, about shows how much detail in there is so accurate to the experience of sheep and shepherds and that type of situation. And one of the fascinating things too is the nature of the voice, how 
the sheep will know the voice of their shepherd and not follow the voice of another. And as I've shared before in a couple of circumstances, I thought it was a powerful moment. Uh, my mother talks about my father as he was visiting a church as a guest speaker and he was speaking in the narthex, just talking to people, and the lady on the other side of the room suddenly let out a little cry and ran over and gave him a big hug. He had confirmed her like 30 years before. But as soon as she heard his voice, Mom said she recognized who that was. Maybe we are more like sheep than we care to even admit. And how the Lord has programmed us, that there is that recognition and I think, too, when I think about that type of connection that the Lord Jesus describes there, what could be more personal and interactive than the voice, a human voice, the voice of our shepherd who makes sure that we are able to receive that call from him in tones that we can hear and understand, calling out to us from the Scripture. Because the nature of a sheep sometimes, though, has to learn some lessons. One other illustration that had come to mind that I've always found rather powerful, and not one I'm particularly fond of in a way for its application. Because there's a book called Moody's Anecdotes, if you're familiar with that. Dwight Moody was a famous speaker and a pastor evangelist in the 19th century. And he was American, but he had begun a lot of his evangelical work in the British Isles. This is in the mid-19th century, before returning to the United States and becoming such a powerful witness and eventually uh, founding the Moody Institute and so on. And one of the things he commented was upon his time in Scotland. And when he was speaking with a man there about the sheep there in the highlands of Scotland. And the subject had come up how these particular sheep, how the shepherds had to keep an eye on them, that they had a way of following the grass that they liked that was so sweet and lush. And there would be outcroppings and ledges down below in the highlands, some 10 or 12 feet down, that they would leap down to, to eat that lush grass there on that ledge. And then after a while, realize that they were out of the reach of the shepherd. And... The uh, question then was raised by Pastor Moody about, well, why then do they go about, how do they go about saving that particular sheep? Well, they said they wait until the sheep has actually eaten all the grass on that outcropping and becomes weakened from hunger. And he asked, well, why would you let that happen to this poor animal? And they said, well, it's really out of compassion because the nature of these sheep is they're so skittish that if they were to reach down too quickly with the crook of the shepherd or with the lasso type of thing, they would jump over the side and be lost. And so the shepherds have learned it's best to let them approach a weakened state and they have no other alternative. And then finally, they can lower a rope or the shepherd's staff and lift them up. And there again, the application. How many times I've allowed myself to get into a situation? And how many times we as human beings will say, Lord, why are you allowing this to happen? Or why can't you change these situations for me? 
And there may be a number of answers the Lord may have for that, but very often for me, I think he's sometimes saying, I'm waiting until you're really ready. But rest assured, in due time, I'll pull you out and also hope that you may have learned a lesson along the way. That is the powerful reminder of Good Shepherd Sunday, that we have a mighty king and creator, but he did not stand removed from us, but entered into our world and placed himself on that precipice over death itself. And in our place, he allowed himself to enter in the fullness of that danger because only he could face it and return from it. But now this good shepherd is here to tell us, because I have conquered death. And on that cross, he laid down his life as the payment for our sin. We can live in a new relationship with the Father in heaven. Because the ultimate good news for you and for me is that this shepherd, by very definition, is saying, I am leading you. I am your shepherd. But please note, a shepherd is with the sheep in the journey. Our traveling companion, our beloved Lord and Savior and shepherd. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all human understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. I invite you to rise and join together in our hymn of the day, Jesus Like a Shepherd Lead Us. <laughs>